0: and welcome to a brand new episode of third degree burn i am tim elliott and with me as always my partner in crime brian hughes say hello brian you're not supposed to you're not supposed
1: to tell them our names if you're talking about the crimes well i mean we only did it one time we're low level
0: we're low level crime we're so slow street level we're not gonna you know not even moon Knight would come after us come on hey hey how's it going it's going.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, I'm not afraid of Moon Knight. That guy's schizo. <laughs> At least that one I can get So I, I, I can say that. I don't know what they're doing with him now. I
0: don't know. I, I don't know. I Yeah. I don't. He's not in the
1: MCU. I know that. Well, it, why he doesn't have a Netflix <laughs> series coming up in the next couple of years, I don't know, because that that is just ripe. The original White, yeah, I mean, the original Moon Knight stories are, are just it is. I would, ripe I, for a I, TV show.
0: I would think maybe they're afraid that it's he's too much like Batman maybe people would draw some comparisons i mean he basically kind of is batman except just a well, I,
1: I think that that probably the biggest confusion comes and, and again you know with with comics you are you're always dealing with what the costume will look like on the screen mm-hmm. and it, it, there's so much misconception because of the way comic books are colored I mean, you know, the thing is, we've been reading comic books all our lives. We've been reading them for like 50 years or so, and they've been around longer than that. And, you know, for all that time, you know, the only people that really ask the question are the ones that probably should stop reading comic books. But Superman's got blue hair.
0: Well, yeah.
1: OK, Spider-Man's <laughs> costume. You know, when Co drew it, he initially intended for it to be red and black. And that's what it what it was done as. But, like Superman's hair, with black, you get blue highlights.
0: Right. It's like Nightcrawler's like hair or, or anything else. Right.
1: Right. It's it's the blue highlights. Uh, the Fantastic Four, when when Byrne gave them the new costumes in the mid-'80s, they were black and white. But, you know, I mean, it, it's just everybody always thought it was blue because they, they, they color the comics, they put the blue highlights on, and therefore it's blue and white. And so... Moon Knight what color is his costume It's white Is it white Is
0: it gray Is it silver Is it black I don't, I don't think it'd be From silver I, mean, I would I would think it would be it would be it's Moon Knight I think it'd be white or maybe a pale gray
1: yeah, and but wouldn't that really stick out at night? You Yeah, it doesn't make
0: it doesn't doesn't make sense. The same. We'll go back to Spider Man. I mean, uh, as much as I love the red and blue, his black costume makes the most sense if he's gonna be swinging around at night trying to catch people. Night monkey. Night yeah, monkey. Yeah, exactly. Yes.
1: <laughs> and you know, of course, this week was the week. You know, they just announced that Disney and Sony had uh, come <clears> to an kiss, agreement. Kissed and made up. Yeah, they kissed and made up, and it's all due to Tom Holland. Tom Holland was the uh, ambassador. A good faith that went between the two and actually really pushed for this. So uh, that's, thanks, that's, Tom Holland. That, that, that makes me feel really good about that.
0: Yeah, I mean, he well, I mean, he he wants to keep playing the role, and <clears throat> he probably thinks his his best shot at making successful movies is to have one foot in uh, the MCU and the other foot in Sony. So it, it's been working out for both of them. So I don't know why. Well, yeah, I mean, it, he has
1: one big mm. growth spurt and he's done, you know.
0: <laughs> well, well, I, but I think he's already about that. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't get to worry about that.
1: <laughs> now, let me ask if we're getting anything else. <clears throat> what do you think about all this stuff coming out for Crisis on Infinite Earths on the uh, Berlantiverse? Have you seen much of I, this?
0: I've seen bits of it because I don't have TV, so I can't watch. I mean, the the, <clears throat> the most I've seen is uh, not Brandon Roth, um, Tom... Tom Welling? Tom Welling is coming back, right? Is he coming back as... Tom Welling
1: and Erica Durant, uh, they got a good picture mm-hmm. of them out on the farm. And, you know, he's wearing the red um, red and black checkered, uh, what do you call it, flannel shirt. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the farmer's flannel shirt like Clark wore in Kingdom Come. Mm-hmm. But they've also got pictures of Brandon Ruth in the Kingdom Come Superman outfit. That's right. And I this is, This is one that is just so hyper accurate compared to the comics. And so he's done a couple poses. He's even done that one great pose where he's got his hand clasped, you know, right right there at his belt. Mm-hmm. I've actually got an Alex Ross statue of that uh, particular image of Superman from nice. Kingdom Come, really good. And there's a picture out right now of uh, Brandon Roth and Tyler Hoechlin, of course. He's the Berlantiverse uh, Superman. Uh, got the two of them side by side, and it's, it's really cool. Um, and then of course you know tom welling is supposed to be in there the big question is is he going to wear the costume i don't know that they're going to put him in a costume doesn't matter to me uh you know it's just uh this right here is like geeks paradise looking at all the stuff they're putting out and who's going to be in because it's just like everybody's coming out of the woodwork linda carter's coming in there too i heard linda carter and Wonder woman um, yeah
0: who else is it not the guy from uh the flash is it no 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 he's already in there um (laughs) I thought it was Linda Carter and somebody else. I can't. I can't think who. uh, Maybe it was just Linda Carter. Uh, There's been there's been a lot of
1: crazy mentions, and I don't want to sit there and throw any stones that aren't um, legit. You know, substantiated. Yeah. But you know, I mean, there's there's of course uh, Kevin Conroy is going to be an older Bruce Wayne Batman. Maybe that's what I saw. Type character, and then another. Mark Hamill is going to be a Joker.
0: Well, he's already been on it. He's already. He was already. He's a trickster. Sorry. He's the older trickster. He's the trickster from the original Flash right, right. series. Right, right. And he showed up with the new trickster, didn't he? Right,
1: as his father. Right. But, but <clears throat> he's actually going to be the the Joker in, in in some part of this. I'm assuming that's coming from the Batwoman side of thing, which uh, I've been seeing a little little imagery and stuff, and also hearing some distressing stories because uh, uh, what's what's her name? Ruby Rose. Ruby Rose is playing is portraying Batwoman. She it looks like broke or hurt three vertebrae uh, in a stunt on the show, and so she had to have emergency surgery, or she was going to get paralyzed. Mm. But well, she's
0: apparently bounced <clears throat> back
1: already and, and ready to go.
0: Well, last I heard, she was also having some kind of allergic reaction to the to her cowl. I don't know if it's the rubber latex or something that um, that she's wearing, but uh, is that crossing over into the Berlin? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't it, know.
1: It already has. She showed up.
0: Okay. Uh in,
1: in last year's uh special.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I because we don't I can't see that. I can watch a Link when it comes on Netflix and that's always after the season's over. <clears throat> they import it overs. But I'm still a season well, behind on Flash. Well they're
1: they're gonna start
0: these out uh, there's like five or six episodes and the day after
1: they premiere Mm. you should be able to buy them on Prime for, right. I think, I think I uh, was at four or six dollars. It's, it's not yeah. very expensive. Jeez,
0: I get an iTunes, it's just like three ninety nine.
1: Yeah. Um. And so, you know, if you want to see them all then, you can do it that way. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's just a lot of fun seeing all this. And, you know, I've got this vision in my mind. You know, the, the, the questions, of course, are the two things that happened, spoilers for, you know, 30 years ago, on the crisis of Infinite Earths was, A, the death of the Flash, Barry Allen Flash and the death of Supergirl. And are they going to have those in here? Are we gonna get that scene with Tyler Hoechlin carrying her like he did last season or two seasons ago as just an homage, but are they going to do it? I
0: don't think they'll kill, actually kill they, him off.
1: Uh, the guy that plays Dr. Wells is going to be Pariah. And they've cast uh, Lila, Harbinger. And, of course, we've got Monitor and Anti-Monitor both being played by the same guy. And, mm. you know, it, it just looks like they're they're having a lot of fun putting this together. And they're just trying to throw everything in there possible that they can. You know, get anything from, from I guess, any of the things they can. Obviously, they haven't gotten everything because they didn't bring Michael Rosenbaum in. Uh, I think John Cryer will be there as a Lex Luthor, but I don't know that any other Lex Luthers
0: will yeah, be Yeah, I heard he was playing Lex Luthor. Uh, um, yeah, on
1: Supergirl. Supergirl, yeah.
0: yeah. Never. When is... Uh, I may have to break down and actually read Cryer's because I've never actually read it. Uh, really? Yeah. Uh, it was coming out right about the time I was getting to comics, and I just, you know, I wasn't, I didn't have the investment in all the 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 DC history, so I wasn't reading it. But when is, is Arrow already off the air, or when is it ending? This is the last season, as okay. I understand it. So this is still going to be a crossover between, like, all the shows, Flash, Arrow, yes. uh, is... Uh, Black, Black Lightning is supposed to cross over into it as well. And it is uh, uh, oh, what's the other? Uh, Heroes of Tomorrow. It's not right. Uh, Le- Legends. of Legends Tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Is that
1: still going? Yeah, that's still going. And this is you now Brandon Ruth and his wife. Um, she plays Nora Dark on the in the series, which is the daughter of Damian Dark. Mm-hmm. And um, they are both leaving the series after oh. the season, or uh, they may be leaving it. You know, early. Maybe they're leaving it after the crisis. I don't know. But, uh, of course, he's doing uh, apparently doing double duty as both Superman and the Atom. So, uh, Interesting.
0: Well, maybe he's going to kill him off. Maybe he's going to die. Maybe the Atom's going to die, not Flash. Well, the way I see it, um,
1: looking at the way I know it ends, the crisis ends, and I'm not going to spoil anything for you here. But the way I see it, that the King, his Superman, the kingdom come Superman, would be... And he's supposed to be the continuation of that Christopher Reeve story, which I, I don't like that idea. I just like him being the kingdom come mm-hmm. on and go on from there. But he would represent the Golden Age Superman in the story because the Golden Age Superman, you know, was, was an integral part of the story from the beginning until the end and to the, ver- to the very last, you know, uh, bit of the story.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I, I you know, he's really, really important to it. And, the, you know, all the universes or the universe itself, the multiverse owes him for for what happened there. Hopefully we'll get to see that. But you know, again, I don't know I have not heard anything about Kate Bosworth if she would show up or if they would cast somebody else's as, as that Lois. But uh, it would be it would be interesting.
0: I'm, I know hey. I've, I'm behind the last, the last big crossover I saw was, and I don't think I watched all of it because I was watching Flash and I watched Legends, but I didn't watch, maybe I watched Supergirl. It was the one where they went to an alternate world and uh, there were like Nazis involved. Is that ringing a bell? Is that? Yeah,
1: that was, that was uh, Degaton and, and um, wasn't the Justice Society also involved in that one? You, think... got, you actually got to see Stargirl and, yeah. and all that. Yeah. yeah. She gets her own series. On the DCU app, uh, I believe starting in January or sometime next year.
0: Oh, so it'll be streaming the way uh, yeah Doom Patrol Swamp. streams
1: and sw- Doom Patrol Swamp Thing. Swamp, well, Swamp Thing's Th- a
0: great a great series. That uh, Swamp thing, it, thing was canceled after one se- one uh, episode. It was no
1: no it was canceled after one season. Um, oh, there was a uh, snafu with the local uh, politicos and the taxes the way the taxes were handled. They, they basically got screwed. So that's why they canceled it. It wasn't because the show was lacking any quality on Swamp thing was, was was pretty decent for what it was. Um, it, it had It had a really, really good theme, really good story. They did the anatomy lesson, uh, storyline in there with Jason Woodruff and you know from Alan Moore's run and yeah, um, pull from that run. The, the only thing you know i mean the thing i loved but at the same time was you know w- wish they could have executed a little bit better was the blue devil subplot because they had ian ziering from uh the sharknado movies and 90210 was, on there as he played he played playing? dan cast dan cast you know is that blue and, devil I, i'm not really familiar that, that, with all blue devil oh i love the blue devils uh Paris Collins, Michigan and Khan writing. And uh, the first two years of that was just so much fun. Um, but, you know, it's it, the blue devil that they, they showed in here was dark <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, just you know, pretty pretty crazy. But Ian Ziering, you know, he's got the look of a you know someone that could be a superhero. But I think, as far as acting goes, he was the the, the weak link on the show.
0: Well, he's been slummy it, in those Sharknado movies.
1: Yeah, but I mean, you had you had like uh, is it Jessica Beals, uh, the the one from Flashdance, um, and uh, Will Patton who you know he's a great character actor and he was the villain on there and then i gosh i can't remember the guy that played dr woodrow he's he's the one that played the blob in x-men origins wolverine uh, okay he, yeah he, i know, like yeah, you see that guy and lots of stuff he's all over the place and, and he was really interesting to see in that and then the gal that, that they had playing abby arcane she was quite talented as well um, the guy, of course, playing Swamp Thing, you know, under all the, the, the prosthetics and everything, he did portray the Swamp Thing very well, but he didn't represent the, um, the personality of Alec Holland like the guy that played Alec Holland. So that, that was a little, little bit of a stretch, but at the same time, he wasn't supposed to – well, I can't – I don't want to say that. That'll be a spoiler. I'll shut up well does, uh, swamp, does swamp again it's a good series I, I
0: would watch that for a chance does uh yeah I, I can get the the streaming service on my uh my new apple box but i don't want to pay for one more but yeah um i know th- i noticed that uh doom patrol just came out in blu-ray season one yeah uh, does, you know
1: I, I i had a hard time with uh doom patrol i liked the first couple episodes but i started it just it didn't have a direction that I could tell that um, that I really wanted it to go. Really? Because I,
0: you, I remember you talked about. I you, was excited were, about. Yeah, it you were first, raving I, about the first couple episodes.
1: I, I was, and then I just kind of, you know. I I have not finished it. And maybe I just need to go back and revisit it. I know I need to change things about the way I watch TV, especially with my wife, because we wind up watching stuff late at night. Like, It's not mm-hmm. something to watch in Christmas.
0: <laughs> no. He's, he's 12, mean. and there's
1: you know there's sex, there's violence, there's nudity, there's bodies being ripped apart. And um, there, of course, is also uh, with uh, Matt Bomer, uh, a lot of his character... It, you know study is about being a gay man in that older period of time where mm-hmm. it just you know you couldn't do that and they were very explicit on that so it was very unusual and then of course when they had him <clears throat> his uh, negative man in persona was really strange cuz it wasn't actually him and so I, di- I didn't understand the character that well. And, I, and again, I haven't read the old Doom Patrol to, to sit there and really gather whether or not that was how that was represented. Because I always thought that. It was just him turning into the negative man. But the negative man would, would leave his body and and go out and do stuff. It was well, just I always it.
0: thought yeah, it was almost like uh Doc Strange astral projection. He was something leaving his body right, but it but, it, but it but it had a you know it had a physical form, you know, not too similar to the right. the guy from D P seven. Well so was, is was, uh bizarre. His <laughs> is Swamp Thing kind of a mature Very mature. It's like an R rated uh, PG13 okay
1: I I don't I don't think there was really any nudity but there was a lot of violence one guy actually stuck his hand down into a kitchen grinder mm, and cycle. pulled the stump pulled the stump out Wow. Uh, yeah and I mean there was a lot of violence in there well Titans Uh, is violent right I mean Titans is pretty violent Titans is very violent Titans is not for kids this uh, last week's episode was just um, I mean it it was a five years ago flashback and it shows Mm. someone getting killed and it was just you know it was brutal and I I won't spoil anything beyond that I mean because that show is is ultra violent and this season is going to be all about Deathstroke hmm Uh, so, I mean, but you get, uh, guest stars galore. Uh, Wonder Girl, of course, is, is on there and she, you know, just commands the screen every time she's on there for one. Uh, she's just uh, amazing casting, um. Blackfire is apparently going to be showing up at some time. So is Connor Kent, and um, Aqualad and Jericho have shown up. Now, wow. neither of them look like them as I would as I expected. Of course, I think of Aqualad as Garth, the guy with the you know he basically has black frizzy hair like Brady Bunch mm-hmm. in, in the Perm years, and um, Jericho is white, uh, white a, 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 a very light skinned, blonde haired, blue eyed guy with the same kind of frizzy hair and uh mutton chops but in here he is um definitely more it's I I almost would say he's Filipino Hmm. and then they brought in Rose Wilson who is Asian you know definitely Asian and um just well anyway it's 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 very it's it's really good and it's definitely compelling um, and I, I, I'm liking this season much more than I liked the first season. The first season was very, you know, okay. This episode's about Hawk and Dove, and we're gonna watch their origin. And then this episode is about young Dick Grayson and what he had to go through. But we're not ever gonna show you Bruce Wayne. And they're showing Bruce Wayne this season. Ian Glenn is playing him, and you know he's interesting. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it it's it's an interesting choice in an almost Batman Beyond sort of way because he's you know it's in his 60s at this point. Oh,
0: that is kinda of interesting? Well, yeah. let me ask you this. Uh, before we kind of get under our book. Uh, are these another shared universe? Is Swamp Thing and Doom Patrol and Titans, do they exist in the same universe?
1: I don't believe so. Okay. I mean, the thing is is that Titans is a Berlanti show. I don't know if Swamp Thing is or isn't. Um, and I don't recall anything in Swamp Thing that tied to anything outside. Of, you know, we saw Blue Devil, but uh, I'd have to look into that one just to see. Yeah, if I'm just kind of that, that was another uh, shared
0: universe.
1: Yeah. Um, but Titans definitely does not seem to be tied to the Berlantiverse. Now, who knows what happens after Crisis? If they're, I mean, there's nothing that said they couldn't be a part of the multiverse, but we just, you know, they haven't brought it in any way, form, or fashion. Right now it's separate.
0: Yeah, they may do like they did with the Netflix Marvel stuff, that, you know, they were, <clears throat> they were part of it, but they never, they never interacted, you know. Well, they, just... in the, in, the, like, the first season of Daredevil, they m- mentioned the event, and after that
1: nothing. Right, they all That's mention. They,
0: they, they'll make one mention just to let you know, hey, this is with this exists in the same universe as the big movies, but you're not going to see any, uh, you know, nothing, nothing There's no interaction. There could be interaction. It's going to be either a uh, like a, a framed newspaper on the back wall that says New York attacked or something. I think they had that in one of them. Yeah. But or you know mentioning well at least they did on Shield they did actually brought in um, uh, what's her name Sif Sif yeah yeah that. so she came in and uh, kind of cameoed but that I think that show's canceled now it, or uh, it's gonna be canceled
1: they uh, no they got one more season and yeah yeah well this these last two seasons have been really interesting um, the 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 stuff that they did out in space and this actually even the stuff they did before with the Kree in the future. And, you know, they did some time travel, but it hmm. was, you know, it was time travel that actually went back and forward, you know, they didn't have to do all the quantum realmy, timey-wimey stuff. Uh, you know, it was, it was, you know, regular time travel that we're <laughs> familiar with, but, you know, like, like one person basically had to lock themselves in a, 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 a uh, chamber for uh, suspended animation for 100 years just so it could be woke up later and, and you know, be with everybody. Yeah. Uh, you, they did some really cool stuff, and they, they brought in the Cree and had a lot of Um, and, and, of course, they spent you know, at least half this last season out in space, and uh, it was actually interesting, though it did kind of let you know the limitations of the budget because every place they went was, was basically dark rooms where people got drinks or casinos. <laughs> You know, they're supposed to be traveling around the galaxy and whatnot. And every every well, place. Else I, th-
0: like I thought it deviated so much from from what should have been in Shield, uh, more low level. Of course, it couldn't it couldn't be the Shield that or originally, you know, the Cold War type Shield. But uh, well, they they got screwed by the movie, and especially Winter Soldier. Well, right when 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 well, yeah, when they had re- <clears throat> when they revealed that Shield had been infiltrated and Hydra controlled, and then in the show they had to obviously pick up that plot line but they never they never recovered from that because even no. when they seemed like shield was back in control they no were trusted them right and so they were always off on their own and not dealing with the larger organization so i got tired of them always being uh you know we're we're the the guys that know what's going on we can't trust the rest of shield right so like that just i mean i
1: it made their <clears throat> universe real small for a while.
0: Well, it just gets, got to be very repetitive.
1: Yeah, very repetitive. No, you're, you're right. You're right. But it, it did get better, and, and I stay with it. I'll, I'll stay with it one more season, uh, I think, based on what we saw there at the end. That we're gonna have the real Phil Coulson back. And the thing was, is that he was supposed to die the season before.
0: Well, yeah, somebody came, I didn't watch that, I mean, I watched about half of the season when they wake up and they're on the space station. Right. And then I think I jumped ahead and watched some of the Graviton stuff Mm -hmm. to the end of that to where Daisy blasts him into space. And that was either the end of the season or halfway mark, and I kind of stopped watching, so I don't know what happened after that. Um, it's 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 not bad. I mean, like yeah. I said, yeah, I, I've I've enjoyed the the last couple of
1: seasons more than I did the early seasons. Um, I mean, they got some really weird stuff that does go on, and there's a guy that's basically a lookalike for Coulson just so that you know the actor can still be on the show. Still do the whole it, yeah. season. <clears throat> but now they got to find a way of bringing him back for the next season. It looked like they did something there at the end, so we'll, we'll see.
0: Well, they can always they can always go back to Tahiti. But you know what's next? Halloween.
1: That's Halloween right. is coming, <laughs> and you know, since we're you know doing that, this is really our Halloween episode.
0: It absolutely is, and I think it's our first. Uh, is it our first horror comic? I know we tried to do. We tried to do the Frankenstein, but that didn't work out. <clears throat> that didn't or work An- out. An-
1: Angel actually is Angel. What
0: it was. But um, yeah,
1: this is Blood of the Demon number one. And um I, I I gotta tell you I was really surprised and pleased by this by the series. I mean the, this book is good, but the series was just really a surprise.
0: Uh, I can't agree more I, I had I was just vaguely aware of it. I mean I the demon was one of those DC characters I kind of knew of but I didn't know anything really about him uh and I <clears throat> I don't think I discovered that Burnet had done a uh, series on this until I think after we started this show, so then I collected all the books, and I mm-hmm. hadn't read it until what I, you know, we said what are we can do for Halloween, and this is a perfect fit. And I, I, I tell you, I was kind of blown away. I was really surprised. That, as you said, it sucks you in, man. You read it, and you just wanna does what a comic should do. You read it, and you're like, I gotta read the next issue. And yes. uh, I'm about up to issue five. I think you're a little further. Uh, the artwork yeah, I'm up is Yeah, i to eleven. Oh, you're almost to the the one year later part, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't... And
1: it, it, it's interesting because you know the the first seven issues are inked by Bud Larosa, who goes by the name Necros in these books. And um, I actually, I, you know, found out a couple things that was really interesting. Now the um, the place where I actually learned as a demon first myself was um, as a little boy. Uh, I would run down to the totem every week and see what new comics had come in. And uh, around this time, DC started putting out the Blue Ribbon Digests. Do you remember those?
0: Uh, is it like a pocketbook? Yeah. Okay, I've got Marvel versions of that. It, yeah. Well, it, it's
1: the the pocketbooks were actually in the same shape and size as a, a paperback novel. Correct. And the the Blue Ribbon Digest are more like the same size as those uh, new Avengers uh, comics, or the Archie Archie Digest. Okay, I get C you. Same I size you. as that. Okay. And the very first one was that I ever saw was Superman with a beautiful cover by Louis, you know, Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, PBHM. And um, the, the second one, the, that, that was the first one. It was pretty much all, um, you know, Carrie Bates, Kurt Swan, maybe some Wayne Boring mm-hmm. uh, Superman. But they did have the initial Captain Thunder story, which was uh, the first basic Shazam story that DC did before they actually gave him the... Uh, lightning bolt and captain marvel Monica. they did it as kind of a test balloon to see how well he did. he did yeah. and it was kurt swan but it was early 70s kurt swan which is a lot more dynamic than than the late 70s and early 80s which is what most of us you know grew up on right which was more of a kind of a tired kurt swan <laughs> and so i i you know the thing is the artwork is a lot more crisp and i just didn't you know enjoyed it um a lot that was one of those stories that really stuck with me and then um the second digest was a Batman digest, which was really cool because it had stories from virtually every generation from the 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s. And they took one story and, and, and let you see more than one variation on it, like uh, one that was done back in the days of Dick Sprang and then later by Carmine Infantino. And then the last story in it was The Joker's Five-Way Revenge. And um, the thing that was really cool about these is because it's such a small digest, the artwork is all compacted down. And so when you look at at Neil Adams' artwork in this, it's like you're looking at pictures almost. Really, really good. Mm -hmm. Then the the next thing that I got was a Super Friends one. And after that was a Secret Origins Digest. And, um, well, there was two of them. The first ones where I actually got to read Aquaman's uh, uh, Silver Age or maybe no, maybe it was golden I, I don't remember if it was 40s 50s or 60s but um and then after that the one with the yellow cover had the demon Zatanna and and a bunch of others and the demon story of course is the Jack Kirby one and of course in the compact digest that Jack Kirby artwork and that was Jack at the height of his power you know doing doing the demon there and I was just like mesmerized by that but the demon comics anything that happened later and there was three different um comic series on on the demon name never ever showed up at the stores that i went to and um so i never picked them up and when i started going to comic book shops i didn't i didn't seek them out so i never really read anything other than that initial one now i've got the entire uh original jack kirby run which was 16 issues and that's funny because Blood of the Demon here went for seventeen issues.
0: Do you have that Kirby one in trade, or do you have digital, or is it? I, I've got it digital. Digitally, I've got the first one, so I read that along with this issue to kind of compare. Yeah, um, there's
1: a little 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 differences there in
0: there. Yeah, there's a little bit of difference, yeah, but, uh, but but you, but Burner's always very uh, conscious to be respectful of Kirby. He doesn't yes. kind of he he did make some changes, but he. Uh, I
1: think that would though was because of you know this is post crisis, right? It's pre-infinite crisis. It's you know pre-all that other stuff. At least up to a point. And um, it, so there was there was yeah one one major change I saw in 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 who initially controlled or created the demon because it looked like
0: in Kirby's it was actually Merlin that created Etrigan, wasn't it? Oh, I thought it was like this story. It was not. He he summoned him. It was one of uh, Morgan Le Fay's creatures that he summoned. And then kind of turned him so that he would fight for Camelot. That he didn't should, actually create uh, Etragon.
1: Yeah, I will I will have to go back and, and, and read that again. So we'll see. Now, I call him Etrigan.
0: I don't, yeah, I wanted I to ask you about that. Because of the but, rhyme. Because of the right. rhyme. It's it, it, Etrigan, the but
1: I've heard... Rise of Demon Etrigan,
0: yeah. I watched a little bit of... Uh, um, oh, what's the DC co- uh, cartoon just came out? Dark? Dark oh, yeah,
1: Justice League Dark. Justice League Dark. And he shows yeah. up
0: in that briefly. And I thought that Constantine called him Etragon, But he's but British.
1: Who knows if he's saying it it's right? It's true, it, but it makes he says more sense. Shul
0: and aluminium and,
1: and <laughs> things like that. Sh- uh, not shul, excuse me. Schedule. Schedule. Which is a word he must have
0: learned in shul. <laughs> Sorry. No, well, shul is if he's, if he's Jewish. Um, <laughs> I agree. It makes sense that if it's supposed to rhyme with man, it would be et- Etrigan. Uh, but Etrigan just kind of comes off. I mean, I guess it doesn't make a difference, but, um, I was, uh, I, I was really surprised. I, I, uh, I really enjoyed, uh, this book and I was interested that I read that Kirby was asked to do a horror book and he didn't, wasn't interested in doing horror, but that was when horror was kind of, you know, the, they'd relax the comic code. So he suddenly had that flood of, uh, Werewolf by Night and Tomb of Dracula and the, was it Son of Satan? And uh, uh, who was the, there's a there's a whole just a whole uh, litany of those horror books that came out in the early 70s. So they asked Kirby, I think at this time, Fourth World stuff had already been canceled, right? I, I, I don't know. I can't I remember. They, know, yeah. they asked him to do this and he didn't want to do it. So he was really kind of upset when it sold, it sold so well. They said, well, now you got to do 16 well, issues.
1: Yeah. And, and that's the thing is that is that I was under the impression that none of the Demon series actually sold that great. Well apparently which the is first why they one have did. short
0: short runs. Well, and that, that yeah, that doesn't make sense either, because usually you for a comic you won't it's not like a TV series. You won't order, hey, well give me ten issues. It's like, well, you're gonna do it you know, we may cancel you next month. But uh just from you know, that, that that's my my information I got off the wiki, but that uh it the first one sold well enough that they asked him to continue the series and he wasn't which is just shows that even though he didn't really want to do it, mm-hmm. uh he kind of put you know he put he didn't he didn't half-ass it he did a uh i mean it's it's kind of bonkers crazy the way devil dinosaur is (laughs) well maybe not that bad but uh it's still got great artwork and it's very imaginative and it's uh it's a it's kind of a a a really a an original character in that it's a demon you know people will take it it's a demon that's been possessed by a man
1: and that makes this particular yeah that that's what i thought was really cool about this particular story is the way they they, they handled some aspects of that. Next. Now, let me see if I can get into... Yeah, the, one of the things I want to talk about, though, was the anchor. And that was Bud LaRosa. And like I said, he went by the Necros. pseudonym of Necros. And that did raise a lot of questions back in the day. And, of course, even on Byrne's website, the, you know, when this came out, it was, what, 2005? Mm-hmm. And this is when Byrne's website was just, I think, just starting up. And he was actually putting stuff or giving, you know, little bits and pieces to people every day on his website. And it's really hard to to muddle through. You really, And the thing is, the search feature is not working on his website. Yeah, it makes it hard so, to...
0: To look for so stuff. You,
1: you have to use Google and just type site burnrobotics.com and whatever it is you want to look for on there. Um, Blood of the Demon or uh, Bud LaRosa or Necros or John Byrne. Or, you know, you'll get the phone book that way, but still. Anyway, uh, so what I found out was, you know, of course, Bud LaRosa was a pretty prolific uh, artist in inker, And, and, and um, you know, he'd done a lot of things over the years and he's got a lot of good artwork out there. And then in 2001, he was in a very bad car accident. And he couldn't do art the way that, you know, he had been doing it before. He had to adjust and he was doing a lot more commercial type artwork. Mm-hmm. But uh, Joey Cavalieri and John Byrne were able to get him to come out of retirement and work on these issues. Uh, but he still had to adjust his inking style a little bit. And I, th- I think you'll agree with me that if, if you look at that, uh, the later issues that his inks, uh, you know, are, are – as good as uh, in in a lot of places, Dan Green's inks that we see late in later issues of this. Um, the only thing is that is that I, I can see in some places where he struggled uh, and in not necessarily as much in the first issue, but as I think as each issue went on, he it, you know it took a toll on him because he had to stop after seven issues. yeah.
0: Well, that, that maybe, yeah, sometimes you get behind it's kind of catch up. I thought the inking was was, was pretty good. It, it was a little heavier, but that, that lends itself to this story that works mm-hmm. in its favor. Yes. Uh, especially some of the covers. The covers are, there's a couple of splash pages in here that are just absolutely gorgeous, especially with yes. the coloring. I mean, I don't know how well that looks. I have to dig out my my, uh, physical copy, but the scan that that I got from you is if it's been recolored, it looks fantastic.
1: Yeah, it's gorgeous.
0: All right. uh, So let me go
1: ahead and let's get through the Indicia. And um, let's see. Uh, Blood of the Demon number one, published by DC Comics, the cover date of May 2005. The on sale date was March 9th, 2005. Now that's really unusual because it's usually a four month Mm -hmm. difference. It had a cover price of $2.50. Wow. Page count of 32, but that's 22 pages of story. The title of the story is Born Again, and this is featuring the post-crisis version of the demon. Uh, Plotter, penciler, John L. Byrne, scripter, Will Pfeiffer. And uh, anchor, of course, is Bud LaRosa under the name of Necros. Uh, Letterer is Rob Lee. Colorist is Alex, and I want to say it's Blevert. And uh, the editor was Joey Cavalieri. And, um, you know, going back to the, the, the plotter-penciler thing, and I couldn't gleam as much as I would like out of the uh, Burn Robotics on this. And again, that, that goes down to the search function. But it, it, it seemed like, you know, Byrne was actually, you know, writing up a plot, penciling it, and sending that to Will Pfeiffer to script it based on that because you know the, the 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 page layouts everything looks like something burn's coming up with the the ideas sound like something burn would come up with so i don't know if uh will pfeiffer you know and him talk because it doesn't have pfeiffer as a plotter just as scripter so i think that 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 burn was the one coming up with the stories this is a very uh steve ditko kind of way of doing yeah, things it's a very, you know, mar- yeah
0: the marvel method which
1: marvel method
0: yeah i i uh... And I I don't think if I can, I can't remember if, if we covered anything where Byrne has been just the plotter, because I know just from talking to him at, at conventions that he, he sees himself as a writer who draws. So if I asked, cause I asked him in Boston, I said, if you had to either write or draw starting now, what would you be? He said, write. So he prefers to write than draw. So I thought, it would almost be that he would write it and then do rough layouts and have somebody else do the finished pencils and ink. Unless well, he just...
1: and Now, did you look at the penciled pages, though? I looked at because them, yeah. They, they were, were tight. Yeah. I mean, they were really tight. Yeah, it's not. And, yeah, and if, if y'all don't understand what we're talking about, um, I was able to get a, digital copies of the entire series, including digital copies of the penciled pages. And, uh, you know, just every one of them, the detail is just amazing. You can see exactly what Burns trying to do. And he makes it very, very easy for a you know, good inker to, to put out some great work. I, I was just blown away by the, by that. Now I, I want, I want to go back and look at a lot of the other books this way. I wish that I that This was such a, a spoiled me, <laughs> uh, in, in seeing that. Cause it was really, really interesting to see that, um, but uh, the other thing, yeah, and the other thing I wanted to mention, though, is that uh, Byrne and Pfeiffer were the plotter. I, I mean, Byrne was the, the plotter artist, and Pfeiffer was the the scripter for all 17 issues. And we, as we mentioned before, Necros or Bud LaRosa did the inks on issues 1 through 7. Dan Green did uh, most of the bulk of the rest of the series, 8 through 12 and 14 through 17. And then Doug Hazelwood came in and inked issue 13, and that was the one year later uh, story mm-hmm. that they dealt with and now like i said this came out in i mean it had the cover date of may 2005 the only other book that he worked on that month was uh, doom patrol number 10 yeah uh hearts and mind now the weird thing i guess it's got oh no that's 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 nothing i'm sorry i'm reading something here and it, it had the date as 2004 but that's when this series started um and then let me see here now, I've got a uh, synopsis here that I wrote, but uh, before I go into it, I did want to t- uh, talk a little bit more about Bud LaRosa, because I thought this was really interesting. He's a self-taught artist, and then in 1985-86, he was hired to do backgrounds for Neil Adams at Continuity Comics. And then later, 1986, he was hired by John Romita for an on-staff position as a Romita Raider. And had you ever heard of that before? No. That's basically when you see an all-hands kind of inking job. That means, it's like, the Romita Raiders are the ones that come in and, and helped out. Okay. Uh, and and you, you probably would see a lot of that if, you know, once you get more accustomed to looking at different inkers on different artists, you'll be able to sit there and look in there and go, wow, this, this page looks like it was inked by so-and-so, but this one was done by so-and-so. And I know we've talked about that in the past where we've seen, like, multiple inkers. I think right. – um, like the, that first three-issue arc that we did in the very first episode of, uh, you know, as the Avengers 164 through 166? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, you know, it was supposed to be Pablo Marcos inking it, but it really looked like a lot of people had hands on that. So I, I think that might have been, you know, the case in that. But that, of course, is several years before this. Uh, after that, uh, that's where, you know, I mean, he, that's where he cut his teeth in the business as a Raider. And then he started to do some freelance work as well as backgrounds for none other than Keith Williams. And I just find that funny since Keith Williams started out being a background anchor for <laughs> John John Byrne. And uh, in, by, 1970, comes yeah, by 1970, he became too busy with his freelance work. And he just decided to leave the on staff position at Marvel and you know just keep on with the the freelance work. And like I said, in 2001, he was in a, a really really bad car accident, uh, and you know he he was worried about the quality of his work. Um, but here I don't I don't have any real complaint.
0: No, no. I mean you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't you couldn't tell that this was done by someone who was struggling.
1: No. No, not I at don't all. Know. Okay, so let me go ahead and get through our synopsis here. And I actually uh, tried my hand at writing again, and so we'll see how that comes out. Um, <clears throat> our story begins in Camelot, near the very end. Merlin the Magician had summoned a deadly Etrigan to his chamber. He did so so that he could cast a spell upon him. Words embossed on Etrigan's head like a tattoo written backwards are Yarva, Etrigan, Demonica. No, leave me alone. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) The words quickly fade, but Etrigan is now under Merlin's control. He sends him off to fight against Morgan Le Fay and her legion, but it's too late and Camelot will fall anyway. So Merlin commands Etrigan to flee and to conceal himself as a man. So is born Jason Blood. We now come to Gotham City, Gotham City, modern day as Jason Blood has been uh, staked and is being tortured, as strips of his flesh are cut from his body. His gray-skinned tormentors are not named, but they're not human either. Only their leader speaks as he tries to interrogate Blood on the location of Etrigan. Blood resists for a while, but finally relents under the torture, and agrees to tell his enemy what he wants to know. The torturers quickly get Blood up from the table and surround him with pointed-and-edge weapons, as they wait for him to reveal Etrigan's location. Blood utters the three-word Merlin inscribed on his head and quickly begins to change into Etrigan. However, before the transformation is complete, Blood is run through from behind by one of the interrogator's um, men. <laughs> the Inquisitor cuts the head off of the soldier for not thinking quickly enough, as his actions have brought the apparent end of Jason Blood and Etrigan the demon. He then takes a lifeless body in mid-transformation and drops it high, from a high on up a skyscraper into downtown Gotham. Blood's body lands hard in a dumpster at street level. We then see that Blood's body has been taken to the city morgue, where the coroner is about to start her autopsy on the body in front of a GCPD detective, Sandra Kincaid. Before she can make her first incision, Blood's hand reaches up and grabs the arm of the pathologist. He throws her across the room into the detective. Other officers show up and shoot at, Jace, at a naked Jason Blood to no effect. Blood grabs the arm of one of the shooting officers, breaking it in two. The detective then starts shooting at Blood, who leaves the hospital on foot. Blood is unhurt and is able to escape. Quickly, he finds his way to his old friend, Randu Singh, who he wakes up and surprises Randu, who, though he is blind, can somehow tell that Blood's face is somehow now a mix between Etrigan's and his own. Blood thinks that this is what, because the spear that pierced his heart, it halted the transformation, leaving him in this halfway form. Randu and his wife, Jelly go over Blood's history as they, as they close in on his current situation. Etra Blood reverts back to the full Jason Blood form. The three then go to Jason's home and find it has not been disturbed. His collection of items from a life of a thousand years stands untouched. At the GCPD, Detective Sandra Kincaid is reporting to her captain about the events in the morgue. The captain would like Kincaid to tone down the more magical parts of the report when they are inter- interrupted by the information that the prince pulled off of Blood's body showed in record. But records from the 1920s. <laughs> Elsewhere, Jason Blood has armed himself, like Connor McLeod as he prepares to go back after his tormentor. He ignores the concerns of Randu and leaps from the very high ledge and suddenly grabs another as he falls recalling where he'd been tortured earlier. So he jumps off this building that's apparently the same building he was in earlier from a much higher point. And then when he gets to the floor, he thinks he's supposed to be on he grabs a ledge and goes in and breaks the glass and all that. It's a lot of fun. He breaks through the window just in time to prevent a virgin sacrifice by his earlier assailants. Using his swords, he cuts through the soldiers of the Inquisitor with apparent ease, even in his human form. He kills and dismembers several of the soldiers before slipping on some of the spilt blood on the floor. One of the enemies breaks his sword in two. This is a sword he's used used for hundreds of years. The guy broke it with a heavy mace. uh, Jason, blood... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> improvises by grabbing one of the several severed heads by its uh, headdressing ring and swings it around at his other attackers, keeping them at bay, until he once again transforms into the half-demon form and attacks with another sword he carried in a sheath on his back. He continues his onslaught, taking out the remaining soldiers until only the Inquisitor is left. That is, until the Inquisitor reveals that blood will face an Elder God. And the Elder God, in my mind, resembled um, H.P. Lovecraft's uh, Shadrna Nagarath from the Cthulhu. Yeah, Yeah, that's what I was going to say, Cthulhu, yeah. Yeah. Randu, while miles away, senses the danger Jason is in and tries to help him by uttering the three words of Merlin's spell. It's a mistake, though. He can sense as he has unwittingly freed Etrigan from Merlin's control, and now Etrigan is free to do as he pleases. Finally, Etrigan lives again. To be continued.
0: That's a great that, last page.
1: Yeah, that 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 sure sure is. Now I did a little research and I found that Yarva Etric and Demonicus. no. Oh, no <laughs> uh, means I summon the demon etric. So uh
0: what did you think though? I, mean, I liked is- it. I liked it a lot. Uh, like I said, I didn't know anything. I read the Kirby version first mm-hmm. as a basis, and then I read this. And this you know, the retelling is is very close. It's very it's, it's really pretty much the same. Uh, the only really difference that I can see is that in this uh, when he's uh, when when they when he's kind of with, when he's with Rando and his wife and he's kind of retelling uh, you know what he's worried about whether this transformation is going to be permanent. You kind of see flashbacks and you see a, a kind of a series of images of him throughout the years in, in different period uh, clothing. Yeah. Uh, and it hints that as he's lived through this thousand years, Etrigan, Etrigan, Etrigan <laughs> has occasionally come out, uh, you know, and done some good deeds. Well, in Kirby's uh, issue one. It's established that once he became a man, he lived the thousand years without ever becoming Etrigan, right. uh, and wasn't. And he in fact didn't even know who he was. He just had. He was a. He was a demonologist, and right. he had. He had that scrap of paper that. Uh, he, that Merlin had given him and he goes to some other demonologist and through a few mishaps by the end he is transformed for the first time in a thousand years into Etrigan and that's how the series starts. So that's the only really big difference and I can see how you know, I don't see a big problem with, with Byrne making that change because um, otherwise you know in this case he would not have been he would only have been however long the time is from when this series uh, this issue is to when say he came back you know however long we want to say the DC universe is you know maybe he's been changing for the last 5 or 10 years but now
1: now let me ask you uh, do you think that um and
0: I would never
1: looked at this before because uh you know I I I hadn't really read a lot of the others the the only other demon stories that really stick in my mind is the you know action comics 584 I think it is and that was uh, the burn you know, team up between Mm -hmm. Superman and Etrigan. And of course it's got that one real funny page where Etrigan is made, you know, he wasn't colored. So he's, it it looks like invisible girl, invisible (laughs) on the page.
0: Uh, You know, if you look at that, Uh, yeah, I I think I had seen, remember him from that. And isn't he also in the Odyssey, the Mike Magnola Oh, cosmic Odyssey, cosmic Odyssey. Uh,
1: I mean, I, I, I can remember seeing Mignola art of, of the demon, but I think it was a demon miniseries. I'm there, not sure. There,
0: there was a demon miniseries after after Kirby's. And then there was another one in the 80s. There's
1: there three different series. There's Kirby's and there's a, there's two others. Right.
0: Well, one of them ran about 50 issues because I think Garth Ennis wrote some of that. that, but, that later isn't it, isn't that after this, though? Didn't Garth Ennis write his after? Or did he do that in the 90s? I thought it was in the 90s. I thought it was before that. Not sure. I thought. Uh, but, i see but,
1: um, but the, the the question i have is i wonder if um gregory whedon you know got his inspiration from of Highlander
0: i was thinking from, to same this from, is very from this. high yeah this is very highlander like
1: yeah and, and just the idea you know jason blood's you know history and everything and, and all that i wonder if if he was inspired by that when he wrote Highlander but uh you know i don't i don't know it's not a, i don't I'll, I, I could research that some, but I, I haven't looked into that any further.
0: Well, there, it's not, I don't want to say it's exactly new because there's an actual season three Star Trek episode, TOS, called Requiem from Methuselah. They right. made somebody who's who was discovered he was, you know. He, well,
1: yeah, and, and you've also got Bandle Savage for DC. Exactly,
0: exactly. He just wasn't all the, the famous guys, but exactly. That's the same, you know, or the master from, uh, is it the master? Yeah, the master from Alpha Flight, right?
1: Oh, I couldn't tell you. I'm, he's uh, he's
0: worried. he's Marvel's poor man, Randall Savage. He's the caveman. <laughs> that, you know. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, I, <laughs> I see a lot of uh when I was reading this, I see a lot of Hellboy in this. Of course, yes. Hellboy came first, uh, but before this series, but not, uh, not before. right, right. But I can see maybe that uh, Magnolia could have got some of his inspiration from this. Um, it seems well, like um, oh, go ahead.
1: I no, I'm just not I, I don't remember when Hellboy books they, the Hellboy books came out in the '90s, right. So I mean it wouldn't have been from these books but uh, no no no, I'm just talking about the character. I'm talking the about history.
0: the character yeah I'm just talking about the character uh, of someone who's uh, and I think what's odd is that he interacts I haven't read the original Kirby ones, but based on this, I guess he did interact a lot with the the superhero DC universe and that seems like this would be a book that would kind of be off in its own little corner and would not yeah. deal with a lot of uh, but he had a lot of dealings with Batman and Superman and uh the you know the rest of the Justice League yeah the justice league the, yeah, yeah, the, justice mean, league, the big guys it one so one. it just seemed a little um a little strange that he would be he wouldn't be. Uh, it would be like Blade. You know, Blade was in the Marvel Universe, but he was almost he exclusively. Rarely... Yeah, he was in Dracula or, I guess, Spider Man. He was in yeah. some Spider Man yeah. times. Yeah. yeah, because of Morbius. Mobius. Uh, yeah. Or Morbius. 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 Not Mobius. Uh, <laughs> Mobius is the artist. Uh, but yeah, I was. Uh, I was uh, I was really surprised. I like this a lot, and I'm I'm kind of looking forward to reading the rest because it's kind of a cool character.
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, I mean, there's so many layers to what they're doing, and and there's a metamorphosis going on through the series, and there's even um, there was one issue where they went back in time to the 1800s. And so you got to see when, when you saw the demon there, his facial structure was completely different than what you see here. Mm-hmm. And it's representing some things I think that were done in other books. So he's a happier demon. Uh, <laughs> don't know.
0: Well, 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 in this one, I think, and also in Kirby, see, uh, when you first see him, he, Merlin says, you know, your, your features will soften. So he becomes yeah. a little more uh, human uh, than when he, but, but in this, in the very last page of this, when he's fully demon again, he has a much more of a monstrous face, you know, bigger teeth and a little more of a wrinkle. He just looks more monstrous than he does. when Definitely. Uh, you know, more of a, a recalmed demon. But let me ask you this. Did you, were you, did you know, were you surprised at uh, the violence in this book? Um, I mean, just, you know,
1: knowing the era that it came from, I'm not surprised that Byrne uh, took the, 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 you know, liberties that he did. And um, so it didn't shock me or anything, and I was more like, "Wow, oh my gosh, he, I was, he didn't do that."
0: I was well, there was no. I thought, well, is this a? Uh, uh, there's no like mature reader stamp on the front, on the front, or any kind of uh, warning. Uh, it's not a. Uh, what was there? Uh, adult it's
1: not code approved.
0: Right. Well, yeah, they dropped the code by then, I think. But what? What's the yeah. DC um, uh, adult? Uh, imprint. Oh uh, that um Vertigo. Vertigo. I thought it's not a Vertigo book, but uh, I mean I, I mean I guess, you know, maybe I I, I was I maybe I'm too uh, naive to think that well, there's some there's some uh well yeah, just the, the big
1: splash page when you see them, you know, tearing strips of flesh off of his yeah, body and, and yeah. you got uh, swords going through him in almost a stigmata fashion um and they're collecting the blood there.
0: Well, there's a... It's not in this issue, but later on... When he eats that guy's face? Yeah. And yeah. Then, you, then later when you see that guy... Well, well the that's... guy
1: runs him through with the spear from behind, and it comes yeah. right out of his chest. Yeah. It, you know, and, and all the dismemberments, all the heads cut off, and, you know, the, the only thing you didn't really get, uh, you know, that, that you know, they, did, they didn't show a full frontal... No. Of the naked Jason Blood running around.
0: No, I mean that, that's I mean that's kind of implied, but even that I think you could have got away with, but it's it's just the use of there's a lot of there's a lot of red in De- this book. Demon Wang? <laughs>
1: you think you think we could have gotten away with Demon Wang?
0: <laughs> I don't think we could have No. Well if yeah, they did, I don't we don't need to see that though.
1: I don't wanna see that.
0: <laughs> I also say I like uh uh Bourne's uh, Jason Blood's I can't want to call All him right. Jason Born. Jason Blood's look. I like the turtleneck and the gray stripe, the white stripe down the head. Well,
1: you know, the turtleneck and the, and the jean is a direct take from his costume in the final battle in Highlander. That's what he wore. He wore the the blue jeans. Was he wearing a turtleneck? He was wearing a turtleneck of uh, you know a dark blue a navy blue turtleneck and um, leather jacket not uh, not a not a trench coat. And, of course, he had Diodorus on. He didn't have the, the walking shoes or whatever those are that he's wearing, mountain shoes or, or whatever. But uh, Highlander is a movie
0: I know really way too well. <laughs> That's a movie that I, I liked a lot when I saw it. And later in the late years, I, I had it and I bought it. And I, well, it doesn't – not that it didn't hold up. I just wasn't as enamored with it as I thought I was. Hmm. It seemed a little more – I don't want to say it's not cheap. It just seemed like the budget – it
1: didn't have the best budget, and, right? And, you know, now, did you see it with the extra scenes, like the Nazi scene and um, at the lion cage?
0: I don't. I mean, I saw it in the theater when it came out, and I thought. No, they, they didn't have it there. No. Um, the The later cuts put out on uh,
1: They put him, put him. Uh, you know, a number of extra scenes, and one of them, of course, is a World War II scene where he saves this little girl, and the little girl turns out to be Rachel, his assistant. You told you know me this old, yeah you told yeah, me the yeah. one
0: that yeah you told me this later that she's uh, she's' his secretary or whatever she, um right. yeah I think he told me that I don't know why we were talking about uh when we start talking about Omek and some other or not maybe it was during we were talking about Omek. maybe I don't,
1: I, I don't recall but anyway you know let's get back to the demon though um the uh let's go ahead and, and, and take a look at the at the book and the pages the cover of course um you know the one thing that just of course sticks out is the bright the blood red color of his of his outfit, and, and this is a, a slight departure from the demon costume that we'd seen over the years, where it had almost a scalloped cape mm-hmm. and such. But this is so so cool. Just the, even the fingernails—the fingernails look like they'd be painful.
0: Well, those are so Kirby. Yeah, he's really paying homage to Kirby. Uh...
1: Well, if you look at the original Kirby book, the 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 the, the front cover to that, this is so similar mm-hmm. to that. Even the pose and everything.
0: Um, well, everything around him is so muted. The the the, the creatures he's attacking are in kind of pur- dark purples and browns and grays, and the yes. castle in the background. So he is in this. You know, his skin's is kind of a yellowish orange. He's got that bright red uh, bodysuit, like you said. Uh, mm-hmm. the the logo itself, I love the logo, the design of it. It's got a it's got a nice gradient from uh, black to, to more blood red. And he just popped I mean, I can't imagine walking by a newsstand seeing this and not wanting to pick it up unless she's absolutely the hated horror comic. Right. At least pick right. it up and look at it, because this is. Oh, just
1: and you see in his signature, he's got the after Kirby '72. Yeah. So yeah, it's a, it, he's making it as a direct homage. Mm-hmm. The only thing you don't have is the pitchfork. Yep. From the original Kirby cover, but this is yeah, this is amazing. Okay, and then the first page, and you're you're getting. I mean, you just get so sucked into the story. It's almost got the the, the top castle piece there. It's almost that's almost got a Frank Miller, Lynn Varley, mm-hmm. uh, Klaus Janssen look to it. Uh, the coloring in this is beautiful. It is. And, yeah. And the demon looks so weird when he does put that thing on his head. The Yarva, you know, Etrican, and I'm not going to say the whole thing. I don't want them to come out <laughs> again. Uh, but, um, you know, the one thing that, that that was surprised me is that I always thought that he would, all through the ages, say that old poem, Change, change, O form of man, and blah, 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 you know,
2: mm-hmm.
1: rise from blood, fleshy mire, and all that. But uh, they, as far as I know, it never gets uttered in, in uh, the series. Well, that, it's that, just those three words.
0: I read it right that that had changed because it, he, it was, uh, that's what he, you know, he, he what he has to, to chant to become Etrigan is, is just the three words. And it's not the kind of, he said the poem that he reads... But when he changes back, that does, I think that stays true to Kirby's original writing. What I find, what I found
1: interesting in some of my readings, I found that once um, blood had been turned into a fly, and so he couldn't say the words. Right, and
0: he wrote it out in the sand or in the something? Dust, yeah. In the dust, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, they. Some, and somebody does point out that the way he becomes uh, Etrigan in the, in the Kirby book is that at the very end he makes his way to some kind of a castle and he winds up on a kind of like an altar or something and somebody mentions says says the words and he becomes the demon. But it's, it was inscribed. Right. He's reading that's it. That's right. Was, he reads it, in, reads it. In a mystic
1: tongue. Yeah. And that's where he read it and he transformed. And that was the, the last page basically.
0: But a Apparently this, if anybody reads it, he will, he will become, he'll, that'll bring the demon forth. But in yes. the Kirby, when he's showing that scrap of paper to that other demonologist or the occult guy, and the guy reads it, looks at it and reads it, nothing happens. So maybe he, uh, maybe in that, you know, series, he has to say himself, or maybe it's just someone who's, uh, because his, because Randu says it, and maybe because he's kind of has mystical powers, he can, um, yeah, he, he can, he can trigger the change. Yeah.
1: Okay, so page two we see that Merlin has uh, put Etrigan under his spell and sends him out after the hordes to fight for Camelot. And then you see down below where the castles basically it was blowing up and destroyed in a, a blast of a Kirby Crackle and fire.
0: Oh yeah. And it's interesting you don't see any other none of the rest of the demons or creatures or whatever these are that horde that Morgan Fay is setting against the castle look like Etrigan. He looks to be kind of a single. Right. No, they just is, look.
1: These guys look almost like the mutants from The Dark Knight Returns. Right.
0: Yeah. They don't look like uh, demons. <laughs> yeah. And but it's, it's yeah,
1: still a gorgeous image.
0: Oh yeah. And then just go ahead. Keep it. No, i just it's saying like...
1: the, No, no, no. But I was just going to say the bottom series of images is something that we see as a reoccurring theme, where he transforms him from Etrigan into Jason Blood, and he walks off not knowing anything about himself.
0: Right. Which I think that's what's really fascinating about it, because when Kirby established that it's a demon who disguises himself as a man, lives his life as a man, and kind of develops his own personality as a man, not knowing he's a demon. And then you almost, then you have two personalities emerging. You've got the the, the human, the man, Jason Blood, and then mm-hmm. you've got Etrigan when he becomes Etrigan. So it's, he's, he doesn't, he ceases to be... He's not the same person. He's two separate entities, which I think is more interesting than I know. In some books, they tried to write it that that Etrigan possessed a human named Jason Blood or named I think that's how they do it in the New Fifty Two. It's a, it's somebody. It's a knight from Camelot from that was in the court of Camelot that's possessed a knight who
1: says knee. Nee, yeah. Nee.
0: Oh, excuse me. Uh, like, gets possessed by Etrigan, and that's how they switch back and forth. I don't think that scenario is as interesting as a demon that becomes a man, forgets he's a demon, and then f- discovers it later on. And, and now that it's more, it's it's kind of the um, uh, total recall. That's what you know, he, he gets mm-hmm. brainwashed to this other identity. And then when he discovers that, no, no, that's not you, that's, that's a fake identity, you're like this guy, he's like, well, that guy's a jerk. I don't want to be that guy. I want to be this guy. It's almost like the Hulk. Exactly,
1: exactly. Except it, it, he seems more directed towards, you know, Jason's, in, in some aspects of this, more directed towards, you know, what Jason needs done um, a lot of the time, though. It, there are times apparently where he's trying to go out on his own because he wants to be completely free of, you know, Merlin's... Mm-hmm. Control, but we we find out as the story goes on. There's still some things odd, Not, and I don't know the whole story just yet. And I can't wait to get through it.
0: Yeah, well, it's a little Ghostwriter-like, where he's mm-hmm. you know he wants to be rid of uh, this burden, and the fact that we haven't mentioned that because he he uh, because he is a demon transformed into a man, he is as a man he's essentially uh, immortal. And Mm -hmm. he says that, like, you know, most stories where somebody who's immortal and been around for a thousand years, they don't see it as a a benefit. It's a burden. You know, it's it's something they have to to deal with. So that that just leaves you a lot of openings to do some really nice storytelling.
1: Yeah. Now, let's go to this next page, this big splash
0: page. Torture page.
1: Now, these these creatures, or whatever they are that, that, that are working for this Inquisitor, now, of course, they never mention anybody's name in this story. So we don't, that's why I refer to them as, you know, the enemies or the Inquisitor or whatever, interrogator, because I just never got a name. But they remind me of the, um, and I'm trying to remember the right name, the Tharks from uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs' John Carter. They're not green, but that, that's what they look like. They just got, you know, two arms instead of the six. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah,
0: I think what you're talking about, they do look, uh, it's been so long since I've read those uh, yeah, I can I can see that.
1: So, uh, yeah, I mean they they're humanoid, but at the same time they're not entirely human. There's definitely something really odd about them. But, you know, and of course how they have, you know, blood himself staked on that uh that's a stone table in the shape of a man that he's laying on as they're yeah, just ripping the flesh from his body
0: yeah, he's basically crucified yeah. on this thing and they're bearing i thought it was interesting they're being very um uh add about the, 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 the strips are very they're exactly the same width and they're spaced exactly apart they're being very neat about the way they're peeling his flesh off but
1: and then of course catching all the blood in those um yeah. those pans down below
0: well, they so just don't want. They just, want they just don't want. to get it all on the floor. Yeah, because somebody's got to clean that.
1: Yeah, and they're letting the ladies do all the work too.
0: Well, that that's, I thought it's interesting too because the the whoever this main the green face guy who looks more looks kind of like a typical burnt alien,
1: uh, long face yeah. and uh, very curvy. In exactly. The organics, yeah. No, and uh, yeah. He's, but it's it's also, the, I love the robe set that he's got there. The robes that he's wearing.
0: Mm, oh, yeah, the, the kind of indigo or, or really dark blue and he's got uh, kind of a cummerbund. mm mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he's, he's talking about the two ladies that are actually doing the work. Uh, and I don't know if he names them or not, but they have, apparently they have some, one of them is just an expert, I guess, at flaying someone, and yeah. the other one can control, I guess, or intensify pain, and he tells him that, Uh, He says, don't worry, uh, uh, you're not going to be able to die or pass out or make it stop. We're not going to allow any of that to happen. So you can't, those are no longer avenues of escape. So you can't just think, well, I'll just pass out from the pain or I'll just die. So basically they're going to try to keep, they're, they're trying to maximize the the most amount of pain they can inflict on it to get him to, and he holds that surprisingly well until he decides to, you know, because they're looking, what we didn't say is they're looking for, for some reason you don't know why, but they're looking for Adrigan. Or, uh, but
1: they have no clue that he is. No, veteran. they just know that he has oh. some kind
0: of connection to him. Right. It'd be like torturing Peter Parker because he, you think he knows where Spider-Man is. And then he yeah. decides to allow, and so that's a great transformation at the end where he slowly starts to uh, transform and then suddenly it's like fuck, like, yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: and and that... Of course, and and then the the Inquisitor goes all Christopher Lloyd as Krug on him. <laughs> well, and I like that
0: when just... he, when he cuts the guy's head off, he's got the guy's got uh, like neck rings, and yeah. all the rings start flipping, flipping <laughs> at us. And his head falls off. Oh man, that's great. And then he just he just uh, does away with him. He's like, well, he's no use to us now, you know.
1: Yeah, dropping him from that that great height. That was so cool. And of course, he goes in and hits that dumpster down there just as the city trash truck is coming <laughs> by. Very very lucky uh, good timing there. But
0: Well, yeah, you don't know if he would have survived that or not, but uh Well, he's already dead. Well, I know, but he would have been. But when they say the next page where he's in the morgue, they mm-hmm. can't find any. He's apparently his he's healed. There's no yes, no uh, marks on him at all. No marks on him at all. Except uh, his face,
1: which still is in that half-demon transformation.
0: Right, which um, which I wrote that down. And she goes, there's something odd about his face. Well, yeah, lady, he's got horns. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's pretty what obvious. What do you think about this?
1: <laughs> Det- we're introduced to Detective Kincaid here. And, of course, uh, she's got the shtick of always having a cigarette in her mouth, but it's never lit.
0: Yeah. She reminds and me a it- lot of, uh, who was the the lady detective in the Superman books and Byrne was doing them.
1: Maggie Sawyer?
0: Yeah, was that the detective or a, a cop? She was the cop, yeah. yeah. She's a gay police officer that Lex Luthor
1: was, was going to use that against her and then Dum Dum Turpin tries to propose to her not realizing, of course, yeah. that she's
0: gay. But she had the same kind of black mini skirt. Vern likes to draw on. Yeah, but on he, I don't recall ever seeing it stretched like he always
1: does to other that women. Long stride, that, yeah. that, that long stride, yeah. That long stride, yeah. Now, of course, in the first panel here, though, look at the cop down in the bottom left. He's seen enough. Yeah. So, something about it that made him sick is weird since there's nothing wrong with the body.
0: No, maybe it's just being in the morgue. Could be, yeah. yeah. True, true. Or maybe it's, he didn't like seeing naked men. I don't or, know. yeah. Or maybe,
1: you know, they picked up the garbage bag that was outside the building from all the other heads and body parts. All <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, the other body parts they brought, in, they
0: brought in that night, you know. Uh,
1: and, and then, he... of course, he throws her, you know, throws her across the room into the cop. Um, but no, I was just sitting there thinking that, that he's he had to have spent a lot of time coming up with this Sandra Kincaid character. Because she's got such a distinctive look and appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it, of course, he did. He did the same thing with Maggie Sawyer, and everything that you saw in Maggie Sawyer told you everything about her—the short hair, the the way she dressed. You know, she dressed in feminine outfits, but they were manly feminine outfits, and all that. And you get, you know, kind of a similar vibe here,
0: right? So you, yeah, you, she's kind of a no nonsense. Uh, you know, the the fact that she's got the cigarette shows that she was a smoker, or possibly still is a smoker maybe in her own home or own apartment she can't kick that habit but she's not you know she's abiding by the law and she's not lighting it yeah but she can't she needs that that that's maybe that's her coping mechanism or that's her you know that's her little thing that she has a it's like someone always having a toothpick in it, but right right and i think it's and then, interesting that burn goes out of his way to, to kind of we've seen him transform already but he does uh you know we don't we when he hops off the table we see him from the back and then we don't see any shot of his face. And that's right. just, I guess, to uh, heighten the reveal when he, when he shows up at uh, Randu's house. You yeah. get a nice full image of it. But
1: But I do like the way he he turned the room around. Because in the previous page, you got one angle of the room mm-hmm. where everybody's standing. And the, the other cop, the one that was looking sick. You get to the top of this page, and you can see we're looking at it from the other direction. And there's that cop. And, of course, they're all sprawled on the floor.
0: But the shot, let me ask you, the shot. The upper panel the shot where you, you see you're right, you're seeing Jason's back. Right. His the, I don't know the way they've drawn his chest from the side. It looks like he's got a side boot. Oh, this yeah, it's almost a Rob Liefeld kind of yeah.
1: thing. Yeah. Yeah, and and then the fingers on the right hand. The way they are, it, it distracts me a little bit. Now, That's, I, I uh, had not looked at him close enough to, to let that distract me, but you know, as he gets farther away, sometimes it, you know his work can get a little mm-hmm. cartoony in some spots. Because you look at the face of that the cop there on the right, and he even his face is a little cartoony. Yeah,
0: it's a little. Well, at that distance, it's hard to to right. draw much detail. But uh, of course, he breaks the cop's arm with a nice out. Correct. Correct.
1: There's a V in there. Correct. Perrette. Is that a V? Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's sideways, but okay. Perrette.
0: Yeah. And uh, then she pumps more bullets into him and he just runs away. Uh, well, at you know,
1: add him, not into him. At him, yeah. Thing. Yeah,
0: uh, yeah and th- then they probably later, I guess, are bouncing off because they find the doctor finds some on the sidewalk. And she said, no, these hit him because they're they're spent bullets. But then you know, she loads in the hallway and everybody, just telling everybody to get down, but man, she's. Yeah, I know. That's that everybody reckless. else's Very safety. Reckless.
1: And, and then, of course, you got the, the one gal there with all the pills that are landing on yep. him. She's probably going to get some in her mouth because she's got her <laughs> mouth wide open. With a big oof. Yep. Uh,
0: and then I guess in this form, he's got a little more enhanced strength. Obviously, he's got enhanced durability, but he's got some enhanced strength because he's yeah. leaping over cars. He's, he's doing his best Spider-Man impersonation of going up the going up the building. Uh, she puts out a you know, an yeah. APB she... for a naked, bulletproof man.
1: <laughs> now, so she comes running out, and you realize, okay, so this morgue is in the Gotham Hospital because mm-hmm. she's coming out the emergency room door. Uh, you know, I, again, I've, I've you know, I never really thought about it. Is every morgue always just at the hospital, or is it you know, because you think about you know the police or whatever.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I guess good question. I don't know if they've got. Yeah, I don't think they ever have a standalone morgue. I guess but they could. This
1: but... is this is Gotham City, so it would probably makes sense to have the morgue by the hospital, right? And they probably got a cemetery really close by. <laughs> it's Gotham. <sighs> but yeah, that's that's uh, really cool. Him climbing up building. The bullets don't look like bullets that bounced off somebody's skin because they would be flatter. The right.
0: They, they look like just the bullets that come out of that. Unless he. There's one of... that's
1: bent. There is one that's bent. Yeah
0: but they would be flat they'd be pretty flat yeah uh, and then we get him same kind of bounding across the rooftops making it to his friend's house and kind of explaining and he's kind of uh these all, honestly these should all should be thought bubbles I don't know why they're, they're dialogue um but he's he's kind of trying to well, figure the, the, out why now, the he survives is,
1: is etrigan never thinks he narrates himself
0: well i can okay i could buy that it's coming from the demon he likes to he likes yeah. to talk anyway but
1: and it, so in this half form you know and you know it's Maybe. funny i i hear the same voice in my head when he is full etrigan i hear the same voice in my head that we hear for uh, steppenwolf from justice league You know, the beast spear halted. Oh yeah, you know, know, just that I I don't remember the actor's name, but that's it's it's somewhere a mix between him and Bane, you know, from The Dark Knight uh, Rises.
0: I don't hear Bane. I don't know what I hear. I hear, uh, I think, just from some of the stuff I've seen Trigane in that um... the
1: beast spear halted the transformation (laughs) when it (laughs) pierced
0: my heart,
1: which explains why I didn't become a Yeah.
0: Well, he probably sounds more like uh, blood, um... really. Or he sounds more like uh, the Highlander, you know. He goes, you talk funny, where are you from? He's Lots of places. <laughs> Lots of different places.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, it's funny. He he is so myopic. Uh, that, that's why he always gives those weird, intense stares. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's blind as a bat when he's filming, so he has to memorize everything. But when they were filming Highlander and, and before that uh, Tarzan um, he really didn't know much English, so he had to read everything phonetically. Right,
0: a lot of phonetically,
1: but of course, he had that that thick French accent for
0: Scotsman. <laughs> well, that's and okay. Of course that course the, Egypt, the Egyptian, <laughs> yeah. had a thick Scottish accent.
1: So. Well, he's a Spaniard and an Egyptian. <laughs> well, he, yeah, he
0: might have. He might have had. He might pick up. Maybe he's he's kind of a chameleon. He picks up whatever accent wherever he's at. So yeah. So, so blood makes it back to his to his. His friend's house, so I guess he either breaks in or his friend doesn't lock his door. Uh, and that's when you get the big reveal. He wakes him up and you see this half-transformed, you know, he's got a little bit of horns, he's got a receding hairline, he's got a larger eyes, kind of sharpened teeth. Uh, and his friend who is, uh, when I read the Kirby version, he this this friend is in there, this Randu is in it. Yeah, but he's, he's in it and
1: he's sighted.
0: But he's sighted and I don't think he has these um, ESP powers then. That must, or he must... Or he developed those later because he was, they were just kind of a, they were wrestling. It was kind of a judo uh, partnership. And he was Mm -hmm. a, he's the UN representative for India, which I think is his day job. So
1: Anjali seems a lot younger Um, Mm -hmm. and she appears to be from India and she's got the little, you know, uh, dot there on her her forehead. forehead. Yeah. But I love the way he draws her eyes down in that bottom right panel. They're almost, you know, ghostly or haunting, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah.
0: Well, it's weird drawing the other guy's just got white pupils.
1: Yeah, but that's something. Yeah, something that did happen in the 20 plus you know years or 30 years between the writing of the two. Right. 20 years they've known each other, and then of course the next page we get that the the montage and part of the exposition of his history, and you can see the demon in that that first panel looks different than as we've seen the demon here he looks more like he did in the 70s and 80s yeah he
0: looks more demonic
1: and now it did they just yeah the colorist made a mistake here because he he didn't give uh blood the white stripe you can see where it's drawn in but it wasn't colored as as the white stripe it
0: has colored it over yeah or maybe he dyed it much like i don't know why it would but
1: Well, it, it, and it goes back to the like the action comics that that uh, he was in, and I said the number wrong on that. That was um, that was uh, 587, um, if I remember. No, you know they didn't do that. It was just in the Demon number one, the original Demon number one, Jack Kirby's, where you see blood. You know, in, in his apartment there are a lot of pictures of Jason Blood through the years, and of course it's him in every you know century right. wearing different costumes and what, but he looks the same. And whenever you see his... is uh open head you can see that his hair is got that white stripe Mm -hmm.
0: Mm. and that that's kind of what when and i don't think they make it clear why his face reverts maybe it just takes time but
1: no he gets control apparently he gets control over it and and we see that later ones when he actually changes to the this half form
0: right so that's what i'm saying maybe he's just he's kind of gaining control over this you know, whatever we're going to call it his his kind of semi simon semi demon form uh
1: demi demon demi demon there you go that's Midi- even better demon that's even
0: better demi demon
1: demi demon okay uh, and the interesting thing of course is is randu's uh, his other senses are heightened enough that he knows he, yeah he he's changed
0: he's very attuned to uh very he attuned it, to
1: the demon himself
0: yeah right he brings that up later when he's getting ready but we get a little exposition here of you know, his house and the wife, you know, basically she's kind of an expedition dump here about all the, you know, your, the paintings look the same and, oh, you've got a Rembrandt, you know, and in the Kirby one, he mentions that, like, yeah, he says something about how he knew Rembrandt. Uh, but then he's looking for, pulls some book, and I don't know what book he, we don't even know wow. what book he's pulling for
1: And I'll tell you, I, you know, I'm looking at the Kirby number one at the same time when Mona was going through his place and she was commenting on the Rembrandt. Yeah. And it is the same he's done in both. Mm-hmm. So uh, he did it. It's just the coloring is different.
0: Yeah, just kind of trying to honoring what Kirby did. Mm-hmm. And then Chris Jason's is like, well, I'm gonna. He basically said, I'm gonna suit up and I'm gonna go back after the guys that did this to me, but I'm prepared. And he opens up a, I don't know if it's necessarily a secret room, but he opens up a room that's just full of armor and swords and uh, Mm -hmm. all this kind of stuff. And then, of course, we we cut back to a little interlude with uh, the cop. And and I thought this was interesting. At least he acknowledges he's telling her to kind of tone down the the more uh, fantastical parts of her report. The
1: nut job stuff. (laughs) Yeah, but at least he
0: does admit, like you know, you think being in Gotham all this time, I'd be used to it. At least acknowledging that this is Gotham, you'd probably see crazy stuff all the time.
1: Yeah, well, I I looked up Captain Weir. Um, that they got here. This is his first appearance, so he's never been, you know, anything in any Batman Batman books or anything like that. And I was disappointed in that. I figured, if okay, if you got cops in, in Gotham, you should, you know, see... I, I'm not expecting to see Harvey Bullock or Commissioner Gordon, but you, you'd hope that you'd see somebody else that you, you might have seen in the Batman books.
0: Yeah. I think goes back to if you're using another person's character instead of your own, do you lose out on rights? Or I
1: wish that wasn't a consideration.
0: I, I don't. It may not be, but it may just yeah. be I want to create my own character instead of having to deal with you know, because you can come up with whatever backstory you want. You know, if you're if you start putting in a an established character that may be in other books, then I guess you have to kind of be conscious of what they're doing in that book as compared to my book. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a difference or not, but you know, we get a little hint that you know, just that they think they may be simple. Well, of course, they obviously know something's. Odd about the guy because he died and came back to life and escaped. Uh, oh. He has been around for a while. Yeah, yeah. he was
1: arrested wow. in a speakeasy in 1927. It's funny because um, my uh, one of my best friends, um, you know, the one that passed away in 2010, Sean Kaufman. His house was a speakeasy from way back when. Cool. That that uh, his uh, great grandparents ran, and that was where uh, jazz great Arnett Coleman was raised. Wow. And so it, it just, yeah, I, I, it just makes me think about that. But it's uh, of course, Ronette Coleman, he passed away two, three years ago now. Whew. Did it have
0: Crazy. any secret secret rooms in it?
1: Yeah, that house, went, that house goes on forever. It is a TARDIS. You look at it from the front, and it is tiny, <laughs> but you, it goes back and back and back, and it's a time capsule. Each each room from the, from the front is a time capsule of the 70s. You go into Sean's room, and he's got this gigantic red velour clamshell bed. Where the the clamshell goes over the the top of the bed, and it's got a stereo built into it. And um, then you go back further in the house, and you know you go even back to stuff that's older. It you know r- runs off a of gas, and it's got the old pilot light type system. And then you go through these beaded doorways into the the speakeasy area, and there is a full old style bar, a champagne fountain. Uh, piano and, and other uh, musical instruments and everything that were preserved for years and years. And I don't know the state of it right now because Sean had no heirs, hmm. uh, except his, you know, he had his girlfriend who lived in the house, but she moved off and built another house. And I don't even know what she did with that. Uh, I haven't driven by there in a while. I, want, I need to drive by there and see how it's, uh, progressing or right. what's, what's going on with that. Anyway, uh, back to our book. Um, Boy, we I, I really take us off in different places, don't I? <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, but back back to our book, we see Jason Blood Sittner, and he is armed for bear. I mean, I see two, three, four, five different blades hanging off of his body, and what is that big pouch there on his right side? Is that like a canteen? <laughs>
0: I don't know. I would say it's a it's a holster, but I don't think it's a holster because he doesn't, he doesn't have a gun. Maybe oh, it's,
1: it's for an axe. Oh, is that it? Uh, yeah, because you see the handle that goes oh, okay. down below. okay, yeah. yeah. so it's, it's it's more likely some sort of axe or maybe even a, a tomahawk-type uh, weapon.
0: Well, he, maybe he prefers uh, edged weapons. He's not taking—I yeah. don't think he's taking any bullets. No. And I, I thought it was interesting when he asked uh, Randy if he is—his spiritual, you know, he says— uh, Am I attuned to what must be done? And he says, "Yes, you're uh, you're as prepared as you can be." I don't know why he couldn't tell himself if he was. I'm not sure exactly what he's asking that, but but it's interesting that he has to ask Randu if he's kind of prepared to go. Uh, and then of course he briefly transforms, saying, "You know, he's going to go in there with his secret weapon that he can still kind of transform uh, his uh, demi demon." You know, and then he goes up. You know, he gets his. Uh, Trench coat on, and he gets his Highlander sword out, and he's uh, and he basically does a Batman, just jumps off the building.
1: Yeah, but and again, I'm I'm just like flabbergasted at this because isn't Jason Blood himself just a normal man? I mean, if he were to fall from this great a height and miss, wouldn't he really just go splat? Well,
0: I think if he, even if if he did miss, he'd rip his arm out. I mean, I don't think he can.
1: Right, but I I mean, the, the thing is, like, this is his weakest form.
0: Yeah, he would have something. I don't know. I think it may make more sense if he was already transformed to do this. Yeah. Uh, instead of later, because he doesn't even—that's his edge. He comes in there uh, as just as Jason Blood, you know, c- catching this guy about to sacrifice. Um, but they cut the throat of some blonde virgin. And, yeah, in,
1: in, in a very Austin
0: Powers sort of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, very, very pers- yeah. you know, strategically placed basin. Yes. Uh, and it just starts you know, basically uh, monologuing and cutting off heads. And it's just, he goes to town on these guys and just, uh, you know, cuts one in half, cuts one down the middle, cuts off lots of head. Then, then the part where he slips in the blood, I thought was just funny. I thought, what, yeah. it's just...
1: <laughs> this, this reminded me of a Wolverine Berserker rage, you know? It's yeah,
0: just... well, he's definitely yeah. out for revenge, you know, and then he gets his axe broken, or his sword broken, and I'm upset about that, but he gets over it and starts using the, the
1: skull the and skull. head crest.
0: <laughs> uh and what's funny is he at the top the top panel he gets his sword broken and he says you know that for a thousand years that was my protector uh but that's not the only weapon he's reaching for the head he had lopped off earlier which has kind of a long ponytail with a ring on it yeah and he grabs that as a weapon but then the next panel his coat's gone and we don't actually see him take his coat off his trench coat's gone well and he transforms too yeah, that while while he's beating them with the the head, which I thought they'd be they'd be flinging blood everywhere. Uh.
1: Yeah, did I'm yeah, there, you know the, the the transition between this page where he is slinging the head around, and in the next page where he it just shows him and he's got a sword out, and you can tell he took that sword out of the scabbard that's hanging off his back, mm-hmm. but he's also transformed into that half demon. It's just kind of like there's a page missing almost
0: right this looks like there's something he should be partially transformed in that bottom panel where he's at three guys uh with the head or i think even worse he's swinging that head he, he should does be transforming.
1: say yeah he says you know like this won't hold him off for long there's no other solution nothing else i can do i'll have to he use that ace yep. and then boom there he goes and yeah. then
0: and that sounds almost like when uh, when he when he write, went to <clears throat> write the dialogue, he realized that Byrne hadn't drawn that, so he had to kind of put in uh, a little bit of dialogue saying he's fixed to transform. Yeah. And about, you know, you're not fighting a mere mortal now, uh, much more dangerous. And he goes, you know, he goes he cuts another one in half and bisects another one, uh, chunks to him in the uh, eyes with what look like daggers. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when the whoever the the main villain, is, a green haired, a green faced person, basically says, you know, he you know basically says, okay, I've 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 taken care of your lackeys now. I'm getting to you, right? And that's when you realize that I don't know where this. I guess he would summoned it. I don't know where it came from. Uh, or did okay, it looks it.
1: like he it looks like he summoned it?
0: Right. What are all the swords sticking yeah, out? Yeah. What is that? Like all these dead bodies became this, or what? That's a I, good question. I, I mean, I, 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 I really don't know. I, it's
1: almost like we're missing a couple pages in here. Yeah, or, or you know, the the uh, you know, he changed things up at the last minute.
0: Yeah, I don't because they're not. I don't. Well, Jason didn't have that many swords. Right. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's it's definitely an elder god. Cthulhu-like uh, creation something again like right out of Hellboy and then Radu kind of you know feels the force here and, and realizes that he's up against and decides to trigger I guess he thinks Jason needs extra help to feed this guy so he triggers the full transformation and that's what he realizes that he's he, like you he said he's no longer under Merlin he no longer <clears throat> has that calming spell on him he's a full-blown demon and, uh, and and you see later when you read the rest of the issues that he just kind of uh he loves carnage. When he's out, he just love. He just revels in destruction and killing people and letting loose.
1: And he ate that guy's face. <clears throat>
0: he ate a guy's face. Yeah, and he did eat it because awesome. it shows him. Because now he bites the guy's face off. And then you see a panel which says gulp. So he's yeah. actually, I guess eating it. So and that's where you kind of. Well, I don't want to spoil it for anybody he's reading it, but it does. Yeah. It does make you want to just read. Pick Continue, up the next issue. Yeah. And, I mean,
1: this last page, the splash page on the last page is just amazing. Because you got in there with the hellfire coming off of his hands, and he's attacking the Inquisitor right in front of that elder god, screaming out, finally, Etrigan lives (laughs) again. And it's just, I went right into the second book then. I couldn't wait. That's
0: exactly what I did, because you wanted, and that's what I said, that's what a comic should should make you want to pick up the next one.
1: Yeah, so now, as I understand it, you know, the, the sales on this, you know, were not, the Greatest, I think you know, Burn had his what 30,000, 50,000, whatever he always brings with him to a book, mm-hmm. and maybe slightly diminished from that is you know, we're all getting older, yeah. So, you know, I mean, but it did last 17 issues, which is one more than Kirby's series, and you said the other ones went a little longer, but uh, you know, again, I, I think you can get as much story as you can get, uh, you know, from Burn on a single character. I'd like you know. It's always better, I think, to see him do a group, and that way he can diversify, mm-hmm. mix up the stories, and and do things. There is one thing about this series, and you know, again, I'm in issue 11 that uh, I kind of would, I want an issue where they stop to take a breath, and they haven't done that yet.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm on issue five, and they haven't. It's just it's one one thing after another. So, exactly. Um, yeah. So apparently, if you're up to 11 they still haven't uh and
1: i remember feeling the same way in in the wonder woman series that you know as i was reading through that and i'm not completely through that i kind of lost steam there Mm -hmm. but is it, it just did seem to continue 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 to have one thing or another constantly hitting so that you know the stories would continue on but you never got to stop and and
0: have like those little quiet little quiet moments yeah
1: Quiet moments, and you know, I always think back to that that X Men story where where like Storm is being chased down the street by the guy trying to you know take her to the studio fifty four or whatever it was, and she makes a little rainstorm you know come down on him, or you know Logan walking down the streets of, of, of Alberta you know wondering about ro- ro- the, was it Old Rosie's Bar or whatever mm-hmm. her name was, you know it you know they didn't they didn't have moments like that at least not so far. It, it, it's really cool but yeah there's a pace going on here that's just like wow and uh you know again when when i'm reading Elswin right now it's different though we've we've had you know quiet moments and we've had the 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 the, the frenetic moments there's been a, a good ebb and flow yeah uh, and uh, I, again Elswin just finished its fourth issue And the next issue will start uh, next Monday, and that's after he gets back from New York Comic Con, which he's going to tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I know he was going to be there. Is that this weekend?
1: That's this weekend. Yeah. And and the uh, Artifact Edition for his work on Avengers and Captain America and all that has been released into the stores, so you can go and get it now. $125 $125 I think there's Oof. a special edition being sold at the New York Comic Con but I think it's all all of them have already been spoken for oh I bet uh, and of course you know Byrne will sign him there and uh, if, you're, if you're if you're smart you get Chris Rael to sign it too like we we, we got him to you got him to sign yours yeah speech. which I thought yeah. was
0: interesting we were we, we, we saw him here in Dallas and we're like hey do you want to Hey, when you were signed, he's like, you know, he was kind of shocked. You were, I said, "Well, hey, you're a part of this book too. You might as well sign it." Me. I so. mean,
1: he is—he is a big part of the burn history now yeah. at this point because yeah. he's—he's, you know, kept him happy for what, twelve years? I mean, how long has he been been working at IDW? When did he start on Star Trek? Uh,
0: at least ten years. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's
1: been a good long time. Yeah, and uh, of course, uh, I did hear some mention or read some mention somewhere that there is thoughts about uh another star trek for eddie so what what, what he had said was that you know like after he finished his the the 22 issue run that he did of star trek new visions is that the next ones would be like movie type right, situation
0: yeah i think he'll come back to that i don't i think he loves star trek too much he'll come back to it in some form either drawn or the many books or something uh, i wonder if uh, i know paul the is going to yeah, Comic Con. i wonder I, if I, he's going to get anything signed by burn well I, I told him to go and say hi for me i told yeah. him we're all friends, <laughs> we're all friends. <laughs> you know, there's two guys yeah. that bug you about doing their podcasts yeah they said hi
1: now yeah. uh yeah i, I you know, we've really covered a lot here, and I mean, this is again, this is guys, I can't recommend this series more. You same, know, it's, same, here. It's, worth, it, it's, it's worth something, picking it up. And this is really good for Halloween too—a nice demon story. Um, but you know, we, we, we're running short on time. We're gonna have to have a hard stop here real soon. So before we do, uh, we don't have any email or iTunes reviews, but I, there was something I wanted to break up, bring up earlier and uh I, I i completely slipped by but um when we did our star brand coverage last month uh i i goofed i goofed in a big way i was looking in, in certain areas for my research on this and i got a bad source because i was talking about john ramita jr and how he was trying to beg borrow steel and get on this book and it turns out that that's not the actual truth and um sam samuel peter barden corrected me on our uh, third degree burn uh facebook group and let me know that uh you know, Shooter did his best to get John Romita Jr. on the book. R- Romita didn't want to do it, and he was even, you know, his father was against him getting on there because this would mean him leaving the X-Men book, in which he actually did. And um, he, you know, uh, John Romita Jr. almost left comics after Starbrand as a result from that, is what it was, what, I, what I'm hearing there. And I want to do more research on that and find out the full story. But you know, again, it's it, I made a mistake there. And uh, so just consider this a retraction, and thank you, Mr. Barden, for the, uh, the, the correction there, because I, you know, I, well, I definitely I, don't want to be wrong in those things.
0: I think it can't be completely to blame, because I remember doing research for what started to cover that book that I had read also, that Ramita had asked to be in the book, or volunteered. Lobby, so, is what I yeah. what I heard. Yeah. So if that's not the case, then I don't know if that's just some revisionist history or who knows. We'll have to get Ramita on the on the uh, show and
1: oh no 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 no, he might remember me. And <laughs> and the thing is, like the 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 very first time I met him, I was showing him that you know Mirsham pipe of Superman I had. Mm-hmm. He was not kind. Oh really? Oh. <laughs> But, yeah, again, you know, that he's he's very New York. Well, you didn't carve it yourself. No, no, I didn't. <laughs> I, I got it carved in Eskishir, Turkey by uh, so a like, real you know. artist. And it's the only one of its kind. Um, but, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, again, a, a, a fun book. I had a great time reading that. And, it, of course, it, it, it's got me pulling out my old uh, Kirby stuff. And so I'm going to have to read the later books in, in that after I finish the Burn series. Because, I, again, I love the um, I love the Kirby work as well. And, you know, it, for me, the hardest thing to do now is to find time to actually read these. And yeah, I hear you. Dang it, I broke my tablet again. I, and, and the thing is, I, I've got uh, a Kindle, which I can read all of this stuff on. It's just, you know, harder to load it up in the apps for it or, or a little different to mess mm-hmm. with than my old Aspen tablet. My Aspen tablet I got, like, eight, nine years ago. And uh, it's, like, a 10-inch by... You know, seven or eight inches—perfect comic book dimensions. Like an iPad, like an,
0: about the size of an iPad, isn't
1: it? Yeah, and um, you know, it's like I've been reading comics on that for years. It's very quick and easy to load them up and 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 get them on there. And just uh, last night, I put it in a particular spot to charge it, and it wound up sliding under a pillow. And then Christopher laid on the pillow, and so the screen got just cracked and now the the touch screen doesn't even work on it so uh that's pretty much done not good but but i can use my kindle and and you know i'll just have to to labor through it and then you know the thing is i'm going to look around and see if i can find another one i mean that one is is a number of years old it's not you know the battery life isn't great and all that so it's it's time to to move on but the kindle i've got all my you know the the stuff that i bought on amazon which i you know last year I guess around January, or February, they had a great sale on all these trade paperbacks. Like I got all the Burned She Hulk and uh, a lot of Fantastic Four and X Men stuff, a lot of the Burned X Men stuff that was collected in digital format, and it was like seven ninety nine per. Wow, that's
0: you nice. Know, was, I don't, really I don't
1: expensive.
0: I don't check for those sales as much as I should, but I sometimes tend to buy stuff if I can't find it digitally or I don't, well, I can't get he, to it you just go on your
1: amazon link and and do a, a search for burn and kindle and john burn and kindle if you want to be more specific because mm-hmm. there are several people named burn that write different books right uh, both comic and and whatever and of course burn's got his horror books out there too so you'll see the fear book and other ones out there cool yeah cool.
0: all right well, uh, you got anything else no just this is a, a great read It's this is probably the most fun i've read in a for you know i enjoy all burns books but this is probably the most fun i've had since reading uh the last hulk uh annual we read yeah that was a lot of fun or uh probably the probably Omak it's the last thing we read that that was just a lot of I mean this was just a lot of fun which is which is really cool and I haven't read it before so I, I get to discover it new so I'm anxious to jump in and finish the um, the rest of the issues like you are so um, this was a I, I, I like you I highly recommend this even if you're not a Burn fan it's just a good story yes you know, if you don't if you if you don't like horror and you're turned off a little bit by violence and some gratuitous images, then maybe this is not for you. But uh...
1: well, I, I think also one of the things that you can say is that you know we we had a problem of course in the 90s and the early aughts um, where comic book coloring was really suffering, and you know of course we had our own troubles in the 80s with the flexographic printing and mm-hmm. and such. Uh, of course, now as we're getting digital copies of a lot of things, and they're, they're fixing a lot of things, we're seeing them as they were intended to be, and getting a lot better picture of, of how, how these comics should look. But these particular stories, the, 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 the Demon series, um, when it was produced, they did it right the entire way as far as I can see. Uh, I mean, I've got paper copies of these issues, and they look brilliant.
0: I've I've got money to pull him out, but yeah, the colors are nice and saturated. Uh, There's lots of good contrast because he's so colorful, but he's not going to put him up against either... Uh, a dark background because it's nighttime or uh, kind of a dark cityscape and he just kind of pops off the page which is i think what makes this so much so much fun and they're quick reads you can read the uh, 10 15 minutes you can read whole issue that's why i yeah. think it makes it so easy to jump to the next issue on
1: speaking of which did you see the image i posted earlier this week to burn victims
0: i did i don't remember it was, it was. It, was
1: it was from a later issue and it was just a gorgeous shot of uh character known as dream oh.
0: catcher oh yeah yeah yeah. i saw that because you were asking anybody about their opinion on it. i saw that yeah
1: yeah and then, and then the other thing i want to ask you is um if if you've looked at the cover of issue three because uh, that 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 right there is where i think the inking got a little i think i i'm not sure if it was the inking that got a little hurt but batman looks so wonky on the cover of issue three
0: yeah from because the batman shows up in issue two and then you get superman and the kind of the rest of the justice league showing up in three and four and i almost wish they weren't involved i wish that uh he was dealing with this on his own or maybe some more of the the mystic characters because i know uh it's Zatanna that shows up i'm thinking the next one Zatanna. Zatanna. Yeah, she
1: shows up she shows up yeah I, uh she was in issue three actually because that started with her in the shower
0: right uh to those those kind of characters, kind of the Justice League Dark character, not the main Justice League. I know he he yeah. does interact with them, but I kind of wanted to be more the the mystical side of DC uh, yeah. in these books. But it's yeah, still I'll, fun, I'll,
1: it's still fun. As I'm as I'm looking at the cover of issue three, uh, I'm looking at the, the the what looks to be just the penciled version, and even that the arm is wonky. His right arm is is really wonky. It looks shorter than than the the left arm. Hmm. And, maybe. And, it's really funky. But anyway, that's uh, that's pretty much all I got. Where can people find us?
0: Uh, you can find us on the interwebs. We're on iTunes. We're on Facebook at Third Degree Burn. Our uh, email is Gotta Get Burned at I'm, a, I'm Ashamed at, at gmail.com. Yeah, that's right. Gotta okay. Get Burned. And that's Burn B Y R N E D. Right. Uh, we also have a Twitter, but I couldn't honestly tell you what the Twitter account is.
2: You can follow us at Third Degree Burnout Burn
0: Podcast. <laughs> uh, because I don't get on it that much. And uh, our, our friend Gene Hendricks is—he's—he's uh, yeah, he's, he's great at—he's uh, great at posting and stuff for us. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Now, and and I'm going to mention here, and uh, I I'd actually sent Gene a message earlier this week. Um, about a couple that got married and they did a traditional Viking wedding. Because if you don't know this about Gene, is that uh, his faith is based on the Norse mythology? And it's not mythology to him. So uh, I, I sent this to him, and he is, you know, said that uh, he may plan to. He and his wife are planning on renewing their vows at maybe their 25th wedding anniversary, and they're going to do it as a traditional. Viking wedding, so I thought that was pretty. That's cool. really
0: cool. It is really cool, and I can see Gene doing that.
1: Yeah, so that's uh something to look forward to, at least for the the pictures.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I want to see him in some kind of Viking garb.
1: All right. Well, I mean, you know, that you get to pick the book next month, don't no, you? No, I I
0: picked this one, so you get to pick You picked next this one. one. I get, right. to one. get to pick the next and, one. You get to pick the next one. And
1: and right now we're at like an open, you know, we're, we're tabula rasa. We can pick anything right now. We don't have any themes no. or guests or or anything. So. Everybody's uh, got
0: any suggestions? get us go to our facebook we've got a lot of new a lot of new members have been asked to join so yeah. go to a uh, third degree burn on facebook and you know, whatever and, you yeah, want us to cover if you haven't already covered it
1: and maybe some of our more uh, loquacious writers uh, john hyatt and david thompson could uh uh you know give us a an idea what they'd like us to cover yeah we or gotta get they, we, or they want to cover something
0: right we gotta get That's, those guys back on because they're too much fun
1: Yes, they are. Yes, they are. I really
0: enjoyed having, yeah. them,
1: having them there and uh, always, always looking for their input. Uh, but uh, you got anything else?
0: No, nope, that's it. I think uh, we did a good job of covering this. And then again, just read it. Uh, it's I think it's collected as a, as a paperback, a trade. Uh, really? And, you can, think, and you can pick up the issues. I picked them all up for like 2 or $3 a piece. They're not expensive if you want the actual issue, They're not
1: expensive. And no, no. I'm sure you can find them also digitally very, very easily.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: comixology or elsewhere would comixology have that
0: i would think so or, or uh dc unlimited is it, don't they have the unlimited, DC unlimited. and yeah. i bet you
1: it's on the it's on the dcu app if you're yeah. on there because yeah. i yeah i've been sitting there showing christopher the watchman comic books cool and and some other stuff on there legends is on there right now oh
0: so, nice uh, yeah
1: nice. and it looks really nice
0: all right, uh, I, that's all I've got. Uh, I want to. That's all I yeah. got. No, yeah. yeah. so uh, it was great getting on, talking to you again. It was a great issue. Uh, again, we can't recommend it enough. And uh, you guys, be patient. We'll have another uh, uh, another episode coming out. Sometime soon, drop us a you know, drop us a note as to what you want us to cover, or, or you are going to force us to pick something ourselves?
1: And if you're on iTunes, it, just get on iTunes, go over to the podcast section, and and leave us a review. It you know makes other people aware of us. If we can get more and more reviews, right?
0: So we, we yeah. need more exposure. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, you,
1: I guess you can take us out. I'll take.
0: Since. Okay. Uh, for third degree burn, I'm Timilian, and I'm Brian Hughes. Thank you. Good, Good, night. <laughs> Good night. Good night.
2: Just wanna watch the world burn.